the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast, 56 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I want to come to you guys without my special teams unit. You guys are getting used to the spill by now, but if you've not heard the show before, the Briefcast, I want to come to you guys without my crew, without the the immersive entire experience of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. But nonetheless, this is a very significant show for a lot of reasons. Later on, I'll tell you about what we have coming up. But this is episode 150 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast in some shape, form, or fashion. Whether it's a brief cast, whether it's a brief, whether it's a uh, a special edition, which we've done some of those, or whether it's my full-fledged uh, special teams unit shows, all of those things. There have been 150 of these things, and I want to thank you guys. Could not have done it without you, and you, and you, and the show continues to grow and get bigger and better. And we have folks literally all over the world listening who have listened, and I'll have to sort of get a rundown. I see the analytics. I have to give you a rundown of some of the countries. I know that Egypt, this uh, last couple of times out, in the last probably couple of months, some Egyptians have been listening or folks uh, overseas in Egypt have been listening and other countries as well. I'll give you a rundown one day, but nonetheless, that's not what you tuned in for. You tuned in for a great show and we have one coming up for you. But before I do all of that, thank you again so much for 150 shows. Could not do it, would not do it without your love, your support, and you telling your friends and your coworkers to tune in. And we've uh, had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of listens and we certainly appreciate that but i want to remind you guys that you can go to wadeswordproductions.com that's a website with uh, everything d wade whether it's the sports talk with devin wade podcast whether it's some stage stuff that i'll have coming up or whether it's the friday express my tfe family from the uh friday express show on ktsu 90.9 also some sports talk some ktsu sports talk on that site as well but more importantly you can subscribe to the newsletter where i can uh, hit you up with an email on occasion not frequently and maybe not frequently enough uh, for my taste, but uh, from time to time, we send you emails just to tell you what's going on and uh, if we have an event coming up or whatever we have going on, we like to do that for you via email. So please, if you get an opportunity, go to the website and subscribe. Now, the other thing, if you want to be interactive in this, you can call the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Sports Line at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. 24 hours a day. Leave your feedback, your calls, any information that you want to relate to us, anything you want us to know, we certainly would appreciate it. And I certainly want to hear from you guys. We'll get it on the next podcast. We've had a number of folks call we do a we the people segment where we hear from you guys and uh and we'll continue to do so and also on social media uh wadesword w-a-d-e-s-w-o-r-d on twitter and of course the sports talk with devin wade page and group on facebook well this time out not going to do a whole lot i'm going to get into a few headlines and we are going to do some we the people but the important thing is that we have brian michael cooper we're talking xfl and the houston 
Houston Roughnecks with the president of the Houston Roughnecks, uh, Brian Michael Cooper, and we will talk uh, all about the team, the how they came to be, some of the rules of the game, some of the things that you can expect to experience if you go to a Houston Roughnecks game or uh, support the XFL in any way. So that's coming up in the second half. And, of course, we will have the Lamont Award. That is for the big dummy of the briefcast and before I let go. So all that's going on, and uh, let's get to it. Let's get into some headlines. What's new in headlines? Man, I have been meaning to come to you guys, but I have been sick. I've been under the weather fighting a cold, and, you know, for any of you who have listened to me for any amount of time, you know uh, that when I get sick, I kind of stay sick. So I've been fighting it. And it's been sort of a lot of congestion, just that time of year. It's not the coronavirus, so I'm good there. I'm, I'm good. Believe me, I thought about it. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, so I've kind of examined myself to make sure that this is just a common cold. Now, I've not been to China, nor have I come into contact with anybody who's been to China recently, but I have to check myself sometime. But I haven't been able to come to you. But since I have come to you last, we have a brand-new Super Bowl champ, and that is Pat Mahomes and the and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it affirms what I told you guys a long time ago. And when you're talking about the big three of the new young quarterbacks I thought that he and I think that he is clearly the best win or lose in that game I still think he was the best of the three I'm talking about Deshaun Watson Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes you can throw Josh Allen in there you want to throw Kyler Murray in there whoever else you want to throw in there I think he's the dude and I mean he he made it happen and what I thought about the game is it didn't go quite the way I thought it would. I did pick Kansas City to win it, and I thought that it just showed how prolific that offense is. Because really, San Francisco, and they were a couple of plays, a couple of first downs away, and I think history probably won't give the defense's credit for coming up with the stops down the stretch. I think they will blame Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Kyle Shanahan more than they'll give credit to Kansas City's defense for making a couple of very important stops in that game uh, to really give their offense an opportunity to do what they did. But for an uh, a offense that did not play well for three quarters in in what eight minutes when they turned it on they were able to get it done they were just it was just too much and that offense can get better it can get better if you can get more consistency out of running can you imagine that offense with kareem hunt which i said last year they would have gone if kareem hunt was a see i went through this whole stage where i had picked kansas city for a while to go to the super bowl and i was wrong just like i got on the la Chargers bandwagon this year and i was woefully wrong there uh, but the, the and i really was not in favor of at that time i was saying give alex smith one more year he'd had the best year of his nfl career uh, at least in guiding that kansas city chiefs team and then they got rid of him and made way for pat mahomes who know who thought that he would do what he's done who would have said hey this guy will do that I don't think too many people would have, although Andy Reid and the brain trust for the Kansas City Chiefs, they certainly knew what they had. or I suspect that they had a guy that could lead that team, and he, they certainly did. But this guy's phenomenal. And even though he was bad for, like I said, three quarters and eight minutes, the last six minutes of the game, 
they open it up and he got it done. The big play, uh, the Tyreek Hill uh, completion. And I just thought that a couple of plays could have gone the other way. And really, San Francisco could have won that game had they picked up a couple more first downs. But, uh, you know, it, all in all, it showed just how this team was almost like the Golden State Warriors. Well, not this year's edition of the Golden State Warriors, but like the Golden State Warriors in that – Hey, when they they could put up points in bunches, and that's exactly what they did down the stretch. I thought it was a great Super Bowl. I think San Francisco has an opportunity to come back. I think Kansas City has some opportunities to come back as well. We'll have to see what happens, and we'll get your thoughts on that. And we'll get more into that as well on KTSU Sports Talk on Saturday. In addition to that, in baseball, I'll get into the NBA in just a second. But baseball, Mookie Betts, one of the best young players in all of baseball, Got traded to the L.A. Dodgers. And I'm telling you, man, they are it's an arms race around Major League Baseball. You talk about the Yankees adding Garrett Cole. You talk about the Dodgers. I mean, you look at the Angels. They had some additions as well. So it's a lot of movement, and I want to get somebody on to go more in depth on uh, some of the things that have taken place. And I think we mentioned Dusty Baker was going to get hired. He, in fact, did get hired as the manager for the Houston Astros. I think that is a great stabilizing move for this organization. Even if it's only a stopgap for a couple of years, I mean, he's 70-plus years old, and, I mean, how long can he go? I mean, we'll see what happens, but I think it's a nice stopgap measure for that organization as we get ready a couple weeks away from spring training. And I I am so fired up for baseball because it's us against the world. It really is. And I don't care if the scandal hadn't taken place. The videotaping trash can controversy had not taken place. The Astros still were going to have a tough road to hold because the teams around Major League Baseball are just beefing up. And the Yankees taking one of the the best commodities this team had in Gary Cole. I mean, that's just that's a big blow for this organization. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll get more into some baseball in upcoming episodes. In addition to that NBA trade deadline, Clint Capella traded from the Houston Rockets. They are trying something very novel here. They are going to play small ball in a way that we have not seen in the NBA in a long, long Long, 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 long time. <laughs> so I say this because they started to line up uh, what, the other night, uh, a couple of nights ago, last week, where every player, no player was over 6'3", under 6'5". I forget the number, but it hadn't happened since 1963. Well, they went on a stretch in which they were 10-1. and They've been on uh, this season 10-1 and without Clint Capella. And I think they thought and they think that if you can get him out of the middle – they can open up things for Russell Westbrook to penetrate. And I think that he's had a really good run with Capella out, and they feel good about that. And I think that they looked themselves in the mirror and said, this team, as it stands, cannot win the West. So maybe, just maybe, we can create some matches. I, again, I don't know how how you gonna, how are you going to match up against the L.A. Clippers, who just added Marcus Morris, by the way. In addition to that, uh, they had uh, Isaiah Thomas, but they cut him. But uh, several other trades around the NBA. But Clint Capella's gone. Uh, I think when you look around the NBA, you have uh, Iguodala. When we'll have a shots fired segment about that. But Andre Iguodala finally got shipped from Memphis, which he never played. And he is in Miami. They give up Justice Winslow. 
and we've had his dad on the show. And so this moves around uh, the NBA. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was traded from Golden State. He will now go to the Minnesota Timberwolves for, for Andrew Wiggins. That's a big trade for the future. We're starting to see what Golden State is trying to do next year, although they have, uh, they're have under the luxury tax now, and they can do some things, uh, have some flexibility uh, with their salary cap, and they will probably have a top pick in the NBA draft. So all that stuff is going on, and I would like for you guys to comment. And like I said, in uh, upcoming briefcast, we're going to talk more NBA, break down the trade deadline, and some of the moves that were made heading into the All-Star break. In addition to that, we will also talk some baseball in the coming weeks. So we can talk a little about Mookie Betts and some of the other moves in and around baseball as the Astros are sort of having to harden their shells as things are going to get tough around here. As uh, Look, I'm here for it, okay? I'm here for my team, and I'm about that life when it comes to the Astros. So we're doing it for the H. Speaking of doing it for the H, again, we have Brian Michael Cooper coming up, the president of the XFL's Houston Roughnecks. And I'll be out there for that and have an opportunity to check out the XFL. Hopefully you guys will as well. More football is a good thing. So let's get into that a little bit later on. But now it's time for a segment that we call We the People. In the We The People segment, we go to you guys in some shape, form, or fashion. Usually we check the phone lines, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade sports line at 832-941-6614. You can call 24 hours a day. Doesn't matter when or how long your calls are. We will, uh, if they sound good and, we, uh, and it adds to the conversation, we certainly will include it in the next podcast. 832-941-6614. Not going to include any phone calls this time out. Instead, for the We the people segment and we'll combine it with another segment that we call this or that the choice is yours you can oh. get with this or you can get with that in this or that segment, I asked you guys on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page a number of questions. Well, this time out, I asked about Pete Rose. He's asking that his uh, lifetime ban from Major League Baseball be lifted in light of the fact that the Houston Astros uh, cheated. Okay, so he thinks that two evils, or two rights, or two wrongs make a right. Is that what he thinks? Well, I mean, hey, I asked you guys. And that's a controversial topic for a lot of folks. And for a long time, I've been the guy saying, no, he shouldn't get in. But let's see what you guys said. Let's see. By the tune of 66%, you guys said, yes, he should get in. And you guys probably wanted to see him get in anyway. And uh, on the other side of it, 34% of you guys said, no, he should not get in. And one person said that he shouldn't get in unless you let Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds in. So that's the take on that. I'll elaborate on that in coming episodes. But, yeah, P. Rose, come on, man. That, you're, you're up for Lamont Award. What does your cheating have to do with the Astro cheating? That's apples and, I don't know, bigger apples, small apples, you had no, no, you had something different than apples. I don't know what you had, but nonetheless, second question we asked about the Astros. Astros been the hot topic all winter, so the hot stove for the wrong reasons. We asked if the Astros are going to make the uh, playoffs. Well, we're Houston centric show, so of course, a lot of folks voted uh, are Houston Astros fans, and you can tell because ninety percent of the folks said, "Yeah, they'll make the playoffs." I don't know. The Angels are getting better. It's going to be tough. It's going to be. We won't have the pitching stat that we. And I said we. Whenever you win a championship, I'll use we. 
but it's they. They don't have the same pitching staff. And we'll have to see. These guys have a lot of pressure on them. How do they respond to that pressure? A lot of that will have to do with Dusty Baker, I think, is a great, great choice in light of everything that's going on. Not an analytics guy, but a guy with a lot of credibility in Major League Baseball. He's a guy that they can trust. The league can trust. the major. All teams in Major League Baseball can trust him. But more importantly, he will protect his guys. He will uh, sort of uh, create the us-against-the-world mentality that they need to succeed. And, I mean, I'm just excited about this. I'm really, really excited about Dusty Baker being the manager. So that's a good thing. Finally, I asked about the Clint Capella trade. Do you like the Clint Capella trade by the Houston Rockets? 55% of you guys said no, they didn't like the trade. 45% said yes. And for those of you who are outside of the greater Houston area, Clint Capella has been sort of the, he's bared the brunt of a lot of criticism because he doesn't create in the low post. Now, I think that's kind of unfair when you think about, he he is who he is. And we are spoiled here in Houston when it comes to big men from uh, Elvin Hayes to Moses Malone to Akeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson to Yao Ming. We've had consistently had really good big men in this city. And Capella is he's developed tremendously from where he started, but he's not that. He got paid, and that's fine. I mean, everybody in the NBA gets paid, and he does what he does. I think they will miss him. But this is a uh, just a weird experience. This is admitting that no, we don't have what it takes. So let's try some sort of the wishbone of the NBA. You know, in college football, when certain teams can't compete, they come up with a gimmicky offense. You, that's why you started. The, you saw the proliferation early on, many, 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 many years ago, of the run and shoot. Is because they couldn't match up and ground and pound and run with bigger, stronger teams. So they spread everybody out and just tried to beat people with skill positions. We see it with the wishbone and and what Navy does. I don't the, the option stuff that they do. No one runs the option anymore. So when you play Navy, you have a lot to prepare for because you don't see this ever they had to do something because talent for talent they couldn't match up i think this is this is not well this is not going how are they going to rebound how are you going to compete with the los angeles lakers I, I just don't think now covington comes to the team in the trade and it was a four-way deal and a lot of players involved. We'll get into that. Probably on KTSU Sports Talk more than, more so than on the podcast. But you know, Covington comes over. He will sit in the corner. He'll do what he needs to do. The floor be wide open for Westbrook to penetrate and for Harden to penetrate and, do, and draw 50 fouls a game. But I think it's clear that this team, it just doesn't. I mean, you got Portland. They're big, too. You still have Denver. That's a force. You have the Lakers and the Clippers. It's hard for uh, the Rockets to think that they can go through that murderous row of teams in the NBA's Western Conference to get to the finals. And then if you get there, then you probably have the Greek freak waiting for you on the other end. So that is that. is that, And so that is a segment that we call uh, We the People. And want to remind you guys, go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook for poll questions and a lot of uh, great posts that you guys are posting. Keep those posts coming as well. With that, going to take a time out and hear from our resident DJ, and, of course, uh, that's DJ Anarchy. And we'll hear a portion of his mix and a little bit more at the end of the show. want to remind you guys, if you have music for the show, you can email us at music at wagewordproductions.com. And it has to be Radio Edit. 
Now, this is a podcast, but we still want it family-friendly for the most part. So, Wade, music at wageworldproductions.com, and we'll play a portion. It doesn't matter the genre, as long as it's radio-friendly. It can be classical, country, bluegrass, whatever. It doesn't matter. We've had all sorts of music, and, uh, and if you're a DJ... Send your mixes in, and we'll play a portion at the midway point, and then we will have uh, an extended portion of a mix or an entire track at the end of the podcast. Coming up in the second half of the show, Brian Michael Cooper of the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL, and of course, the Lamont Award. And before I let go, but first, a word from our sponsors, my man. Kofi Bankers and Cobank Homes. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and Cobank Homes. The vision at Cobank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust Cobank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. Cobank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ or show 150 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And as promised, now I'm going to talk a little bit of XFL football. Maybe I can put some inflection, some excitement in my voice. Some XFL football. Well, talking about the Houston Roughnecks and had an opportunity on KTSU Sports Talk, our Houston show, to talk to Brian Michael Cooper, the president of the Houston Roughnecks. We talked about the team and uh, sort of all of the things involved with a brand new franchise here in the city of Houston and, of course, around the country. Folks will tune in to the XFL for the first time this week. So here is our conversation with Brian Michael Cooper. to talk a little bit about the, the next big thing and I want to do this. Let me see if I can do this and really bring this in the right way. Now that's not, again, I'm dating myself. MC Light, gotta get a rough neck. I don't know if you remember that. Welcome in the president of 
of the XFL's Houston Roughnecks, Houston's newest team. First of all, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Great. So much. Uh, so glad you are able to join us. Thank you. Uh, getting excited about the league and the team, and there are a lot of questions we have to, to sort of introduce folks to the XFL and the new incarnation of the XFL and the Houston Roughnecks. Must be an exciting, busy time for you as the president of, uh, and by the way, Brian Michael Cooper uh, is uh, is here, and uh, must be an exciting time for you. Yeah, it is a very exciting time. We are just over uh, just over a month to go, and we'll be a month on Wednesday. Uh, that we'll be a month out from kickoff on February eighth, uh, right up the street over here at TDCU. And uh, yeah, it has been really exciting. exciting. Now, a, a lot of people when they hear XFL and. and they associate, obviously, with Vince McMahon and the bravado and all of the, the stuff that happened the first time out. Yeah. And the philosophy has been a lot different. The tone has been different. Oliver Luck is the commissioner of the league. He's been on the show before. And just, a, I mean, great guy. Houston Sports Authority uh, really was instrumental in bringing the SWAG championships here back in the day. But, uh, you know, the tone is different. The, the league seems different. It doesn't seem like the wrestling league. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the differences between the old XFL, the He Hate Me XFL, and uh, what you guys will be doing uh, here in February. Yeah, it's it's a more I think what I've been saying is a more fundamental approach to football. It's you know it's getting back. It's what the fans want. The fans want football, um, and they want less of the you know the the entertainment around it. They want to be able to come out and watch football. And I think you know as Oliver has said, you know less stall, more ball, basically. And I think that that philosophy has been you know we want a uh, a football uh, approach. We've gone out, looked at what the fans wanted. Talked about, talked to the fans to say, hey, you know, what are you looking for in the game? Uh, they've gotten back to us. They like a little faster game. They, but they wanted to stick to football. They didn't want the gimmicks. They wanted, you know, this is a, you know, they wanted to see football first. And, well, and I know that you you talk about the gimmicks and some of those things started oh, to be implemented in oh, yes, the NFL. Scott, look, look, let's let's be let's you know let's be be, be clear. First iteration of the XFL, Skycam, you know, um, you know, um, communications between uh, between you know, uh, uh, quarterback and and, uh, and coach. I mean, that stuff was you know, the Skycam. Obviously, Skycam will be used today out at out at uh, NRG right. in the playoff game. So yeah, there's been some there were some great things that came out of it. So. Yeah, and and one of the big things you talk about is pace of play. Talk a little bit about. I know it's a 25 second uh, yep. play clock. Now again, I'll say this: I'm a football purist. I think you know a lot of the folks. You, well, you have we have our listeners sort of span the the, the spectrum of the cat, most casual fan to your really hardcore sports fan, football fan. Will the the hardcore football fan really? Not be distracted by some of these things. Do you, do you think the pace? No, I think they will. I mean, I think that I think we listen to the hardcore football fan. I think, and I think that's part of what the hardcore football fan wanted. They wanted, you know, most teams now are, you know, you look at today. You can watch the you know, Texans and the Bills. They'll probably get the, those players off within 25, 30 seconds. There's, most teams don't necessarily use a 45 second clock, and and certainly in college now, you see them kind of up. They they've already they're calling the plays at the line of scrimmage. You see the entire team look over to the the sideline to get the other, you know, to get the the component. But they already know what they want. They've got. They, they already know what they're going to do. You know, going down the field. And so I don't think that fans are really going to see a a, a significant 
um, you know, you know, change when they see that twenty-five seconds. So you know, probably no huddles, right, probably a lot see, of soft they're, they're sugar huddles. They're gonna see a lot more, yeah, a little more of the other sugar huddles. They're gonna, they're gonna see a lot more um, just of the, of the gameplay. The gameplay is gonna be the same. You just won't see, you know, there'll be less of the huddle probably, and the teams will be taking those, uh, those, um, those cues a little bit faster. So I think the fan will probably, I think when you see it. You're gonna say, okay, it's moving a little bit faster, but you're not gonna be like, wow, this is a, this is a. And then I know that the, there's a running clock uh, throughout. Yeah. So are you guys, what, what you trying to get a game done in what two hours? Two, two and a half, uh, two and a half hours. You know, three under three. I think that's been, you know, again, fans. I think want to see that a little bit faster game. You'll be the clock will run until you get to the two minute mark, and then it will, you know, will stop on uh, on um, on uh, out of bounds at that point. And that's, you know, part of it is I think that also gives teams as well a you know fighting chance to 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 rally at the end of the game as well. Uh, I know I, I know that you guys will be uh, a little bit less stringent when it comes to penalties and how the games are officiated. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. That one I you know that one I probably um is more that's more probably of an Oliver football ops question. I think though that they are um, look, I think the game is still going to be. I don't think you're going to see radical changes even on that end with respect to how those are called. I think you know we want to also make sure the game is is played well. So you just don't want the the, the, the officials interjecting too too much yeah, and being. I think so. I think look, I think that you know I think that from the you know that they you want you want that streamlined game where you can you know again kind of um, you know I think when they when something happens they'll see it. But I think overall the play the gameplay is you know it's again it's in the idea of moving the game along and making sure you don't get bogged down in those kind of things. As well. well, you as the president of the Houston Roughnecks, one of your responsibilities, I'm sure, is to connect with the city of Houston. Yes. And, I, you know, this is the, the what, fourth football team? We had the the, the four, what, third or fourth pro football team we've had here. And I will say this, with the USFL, the gamblers did find their niche here. Uh, you, Jim Kelly and yep. Ice Cube McNeil and those guys. AC Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, the, it was a, it was a. The, the gamblers did well here. What have you been able to pick up from maybe what the the gamblers were able to do, or, or what? How can you guys find your niche in this market? Well, that's a great question. I think you know one of the things that's been really heartening to me, you know, because you'll hear about well, it's spring football and all the things that kind of go with that. Um, I've been really in light. I've been really heartened with the fans here about the discussions of the gamblers. The gamblers, to me, um, you know, because that brings back the USFL and people are thinking about spring football. And so we've heard a lot about them during the, you know, as we've gotten to know people and go to fan events, they've been talking about that. And we've gotten to see some of the other other uh, fans. And that the first thing they'll bring up is, is the gamblers. And so we're, I think with that, we're mindful of Houston sports history and, and just how we can be a part of. And I think that, that the USFL... Um, was great. I think that, you know, my personal opinion is that the USFL had stayed in the spring. Uh, the USFL, you know, would have And guess whose decision it was to move to the fall? <laughs> it was Donald Trump's decision. A lot of folks don't know that. New Jersey Generals uh, owner. And, yeah, and a lot of people say he ruined the league. Not not making a political statement. Just stating facts. <laughs> but, yeah. but one or the other, I know yeah. you can't. St- yeah, I'll, I'll take a no comment on that one. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, what I do like is the logo and the colors. I, I really like those. And it harkens back with the oil, Derek, and the sort of oil reference to the Oilers in a way. Was that kind of, it's, you know, kind of backhanded the swipe at the NFL? No, no, absolutely of, not. No, 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 not at all. It was, it was. I think it was, it was much more reflective of the city's history. 
Um, and I think that it, you know, a roughneck is an oil worker. And so, right. you know, there's only so many symbols of a, you know, you can, a you know, hard hat or, you know, oil derrick. I mean, they're both, you know, they're just simple symbols of the oil industry. And I think, but I, look, I think that with that, that in the name, I think have uh, resonated well with the fans here in the city. Um, and I think hopefully we can do justice by both the nickname and the logo, you know, and how we uh, present ourselves both on and off the field. I've sort of looked at your background and you spent a lot of time here in Houston of Rice, obviously, and then your affiliation with the Rockets uh, down in uh, Rio Grande Valley. What's unique? What's unique about the Houston football fan that you've been able to find out? Well, I lo- you know, like I love the city. I've been here, you know, I, and I think I talk like every Texan. I wasn't born here, but I got down here as fast as I could. Right. So and I love the city of Houston. I think what makes Houston great is the diversity of the city. I mean, I think it's the most diverse city in the United States. And I think what what draws people to this city is that is that ability for that. So with the Houston fan, I think what's been great about that fan, one, is their knowledge level. Two, they don't, you know, they will support you. Um, but you can't, you know, it can't be lip service to them, right? You got to have integrity. You got to mean what you say, say what you mean. And I think if we can do those things in this city, we will have that support. And so we're trying to, you know, we're building it brick by brick here with getting out there and getting that support in the city and getting those fans and getting that feedback from them and say, hey, look, what do you guys want to see? Um, I think we present a great option and we extend the calendar out. We, again, by no means are we competing with any franchise here in the city. I think what we do is we open up another option and extend the calendar for football in the city. I think the fans are going to appreciate that. And I think if we can just, you know, do those things, you know, do the simple stuff, you know, the blocking, the tackling, and I mean, on the, off the field, you know, just making sure we, again, mean what we say, do what we say we're going to do, do right, you know, hit the small things right. I mean, we get feedback from our fans is kind of like, you know, um, you know, I just make sure that there's shorter lines of concession. I want, you know, just, you know, making sure that, you know, it's kind of the pleases and the thank yous that, that a lot of times people don't get. I think sometimes teams tend to take their fans for granted, you know, and that's something we can't do. And that's something that will, you know, Houston fans won't let us do. I mean, they will, you know, they, you know, we, again, we don't do that. Um, we won't get their support. And uh, for the NFL, when you talk a little bit about the price point being sort of cost prohibitive for a lot of folks, I think the NFL has gotten away from marketing to the hood, for lack of a better term, so, or, or marketing to folk to, to the everyday yeah. guy, yep. and they cater more to the upscale guy. How do, how can you as an organization connect with all of Houston and not just and, you know the folks that can buy PSL? Right, and that's and I think we you know we've got a much more affordable alternative, fan friendly alternative where you know you can look as low as twenty dollars for a you know you get you in and get you a very nice seat over at TDCU where it's a great brand new stadium. Season tickets start as low as 100. And I think with that, that allows a family of four to come in and enjoy themselves and have a great game. And what I'm really pushing for and hoping for, and we did this in Rio Grande Valley as well with our fans, is I told my staff in Rio Grande Valley, like, look, when these fans come in, you know, it's not just NBA G League, it's NBA. You're going to treat them and they're going to feel like they're at Toyota Center. And you make them have that experience because they deserve that experience. And you don't you don't make excuses for well we're in the NBA G League. You know we we put on a, a product and put a product for them that says hey when they walk out of there it was as as if they were walking out of Toyota Center in Houston. And I want us to replicate that down the street here the same way where our fans will come in they're going to get a great affordable option but they're going to feel like they got 
everything they were supposed to get with the fan experience and all the things that they were supposed to get uh, at any pro game, and that they feel like they got that same experience. And that's if we don't do that, we, we won't be doing right by our fans. Talking to Brian Michael Cooper, the president of the XFL's Houston Roughnecks. Now I know you guys will be having training camps here on Texas Southern's yep. campus. Yeah, all, of, all the teams are going to be here. I think. Uh, no, don't quote me. I think the, I think LA is here. I think I think, the, I think the LA Wildcats are practicing here. We we're practicing obviously at U of H, uh, but yeah, we're all over the city. All eight teams are going to be here. How, how, yeah, how will that How will that work? Uh, that training camp. I mean, are you guys sort of moving city to city, or is everybody just here in Houston? Everybody's here in Houston for three weeks. So they'll start tomorrow, and then they'll be here two two and a half weeks. They'll be here till the twentieth. And okay, they all, and they all go back to their markets. And, and and how important was that relationship with like Texas Southern and the city of Houston? Very, uh, it was great. I mean, everybody has been wonderful here. You know, TSU has been great. U of H has been great. Uh, the city has really opened the sports authority. Janice Burke and Chris Massey, uh, they were the ones who really worked with the mayor and got this thing done. And it's just a great. It's going to be a great time and a great highlight for the city to have. You know, to have the league first season have all their teams in market here. You know, and I guess you know get to you know you get to see all these wonderful locations that the teams are going to be playing in uh, and practicing. I think it's going to be a great a great highlight for the city over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, a couple of things. I want to get into the product on the field, but I also want to ask you about you. Sure. Uh, how did you, uh, you know, a little bit about your background. How did you end up in this position? Obviously, uh, you've yeah. been around the city of Houston <laughs> for quite a while. Went to yeah. Harvard, I saw. Yeah. What, Cornell? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to Cornell undergrad. Um, played a couple of years at uh, Cornell. And I'll put played in air quotes because uh, when I got there, I was uh, so good at quarterback, they moved me straight to tailback. And so, and then I uh, um, went out to went to Harvard for got my master's and got a law degree at Columbia. And uh, spent time in New York. Um, worked for uh, was outside counsel for the NBA at a firm called Proskauer. Uh, and that's kind of I started. You know, I, I really started in sports as an attorney. Um, was at Proskauer for a few years, represented the NBA, NHL, and Major League Soccer. Um, decided to jump to the other side of the fence, become a sports agent. Uh, left there and went to a came down here in 2002. Um, was at a firm here in, in Houston called Haynes and Boone for a few years, and then uh, got a call from a friend of mine uh, who said, "Hey, look, there's an NBA D- G League team or D League team at the time looking for a team president." Um, went down and that's how I ended up with the Vipers, and uh, it was great. We did a deal with the Rockets to start. We had the first hybrid deal uh, we did, which was basically where the Rockets invested in our basketball operations uh, department, um, and then it paid dividends. The very first year after that, we won the 2010 D League championship. And then I came back up to Rice and was a senior AD up here, and and, and it also was at Dish Network at a, as a, as a director of sports programming, and then ultimately um, was practicing law back in Denver, and uh, got a call about opportunity here, and I, I you know, football in Houston. You know, couldn't couldn't be better. I jumped jumped right at it. Now, how does the uh, your experience as an agent and being on the other side inform how you will interact with your players as president? Well, I think it, it's a it's a great question. I think what it allows me to do is is that it it. I think a lot of times fans don't really see how hard these guys have to work and what they do. Uh, what they're doing to get this opportunity and to make it. And I think that once they see that and they get that kind of open that door and get to see that, and that's one of the things I got to see on the flip side as an agent is, you know, the, the bus rides, the the trips, the multiple trips for the workouts and all those things. And I know how hard these guys are working. And I know how hard um, it's been to, to get there and make it and to continue to push. Uh, so I think I can I help bring that understanding. And I think my D-League experience helps me with that too because I can, you know, I, I interacted with the players there as well and got to see – 
you know, where they were going and what they wanted to do and what they wanted to, you know, how they wanted to get there. Well, let's talk about your team. You're June Jones, head coach. You know who's on the team uh, as a coach? Robert Lyles. House oh, of Pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you got some coach. Houston Oil ties do. right there. Do. Uh, talk a little bit about your coaching staff. Oh, he look, uh, June's great. I mean, he amounts Davis. I mean, the, the you know, the shoot, the game. Yeah, yeah, offense. I mean, we gonna score points. I mean, I you know, I told folks, I said, you know, it's very rare for a coach to have coached not just one but two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and Jim Kelly and Warren Moon, and June has done it. And so uh, I know we're gonna light up that scoreboard. So and it's gonna we be bring back Timmy Chain. <laughs> hey, you remember Timmy hey, Chain? Brennan, he had yeah. yeah, look, you know, look, look, there's, you know, they, there's a reason that Hawaii was leading in passing yards the years he was out there. So yeah, they're gonna score. You know, and even Gary Gilbert at SMU. I mean, he's he's gotten he's had some guys out there that have done some some great things. So I think he's gonna be. I'm really excited. I think June's gonna bring a great approach to it. Um, you know, and June, that's a fan friendly type of football too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I think fans want to see fans going to want to see scoring. Look, well, I think we're going to look Ted Cottrell on the defense. I mean, yeah, you know, look, Buffalo Robert, Bills. They're going to be. They're going to be. We've got a formidable staff. Chris Miller as offensive coordinator. We've got, I think, a great you know, a great staff, and they're going to do some great things. And so, even on both sides of the ball, look, I'm partial because I played on offense, uh, but I'm, I'm a little partial to that. But I think our defense is going to be equally outstanding as well. When you talk about this iteration of the XFL. The depth of quality football player is so much larger. I mean, you have high quality players. I mean, they're just Absolutely. you're just not enough room in the NFL there, for these guys, and yet these are professional caliber players. Absolutely, I've told fans. You know, I, I always I, this is a similar thing that I used to have to to kind of caution fans in the G in the D League and G. You know, I, I usually call it D League, but just now the G League, where you know, I think people don't really get how difficult it is to get to uh, to get to that, that that top level right and so I think you know to your point you had you know a thousand players who uh, back in September were cut from NFL rosters you know we only have room for 400 of them right and so there's 600 players who were capable of being on an NFL roster who are not you know who, who are still not in well, and the talent level is I mean, the talent level is amazing. You know, of what, of our talent level, our players is amazing. The other part of that that people don't really understand about the NFL, you're on a 53-man roster, you probably have a good 35, 40 guys that are locked in the, in the to deals that, that are going to make sure that they have a roster spot, maybe a little bit fewer than that. So if you're coming in new and you're not this highly touted guy, maybe if you're from a, uh, from a SWAC or MEAC conference or, or Southland, you don't, you just, you're not going to get the time to get the look you need to make that roster. Whereas, you know, I mean, it had, you had a chance to be nurtured and, and a little bit more work in, you definitely make a, an NFL roster and, and people don't really understand how few opportunities come year in and year out in the NFL. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to think about the again just getting back to the talent level, just how if you, if you look back at, at the players, you know, all of them all conference, most many of them conference player of the year, you know, you know, first team, second team, they're all there. Um, I agree. I think that, that it is a. And I hope that's what we can. That's hopefully the narrative we can present to the fans, right? That they look. This, these are very, very talented individuals. They've they've had incredible collegiate careers, and that's look. That's partly our responsibility. That's the story we need to tell about them, right? That's not you know we can't just take it for granted that they know. We need to be able to tell those stories, those players, and there's some great stories. And I think that that, that once those fans get to see it, they're going to want to pull and support those players, and you know, and want to see them succeed. So I, I think we. I, I mean, I think that's the thing. I hope. 
we can really convey to the fan base is that look, these are, it's going to be some really good football play. Couple other things before we let you get out of here. The importance of the television deal. You guys will have every single game yeah. on national television, yeah. and that's a that's that's very important. Not since the USFL have has there been a spring league that had this kind of TV deal. Um, when the USFL was on ABC on broadcast back in the early '80s. We are on broadcast ABC and broadcast Fox, um, and then also ESPN or FS1. So, and of our ten games. Five of our games are going to be on broadcast ABC on, on 13. Three of them are going to be on Fox on 26. And then two of them will be on FS1, which is still nationally, you know, nationally carried. Um, it's all, they're all Tier 1 cable, just like ESPN as well. So these are all either broadcast or Tier 1 cable broadcast games. And that is, to me, that is a huge difference from anything else that has been seen or done. I, I know, again, everybody wants to kind of, uh, talk about all the you know all the leagues that have come and gone. No one has had the kind of television deal we have. And, and, and does that sort of speak to the the appetite for football in the United States? I think so. I think you know. There's there, my understanding is that that there's about thirty to forty million people who are avid avid fans of football. And I think if that's the case, those individuals want to see that calendar extended for a few more months. They want to see more football. And so that's what we're banking on. And I think that's what hopefully is is, is going to push us to to succeed. The relationship between the NFL and the XFL. I mean, it, how is it? It does. I know that the the with the USFL was very antagonistic. Doesn't seem to be that way with the NFL. You know, NFL right now, we, and, and, and I say this, and I don't mean to be glib about it. I mean, I think we just we're focused on our product, and we've been, you know, we've been really, you know, um, just kind of get making sure we get our product off the ground and get and get ready for February. Um, haven't really, you know, with with that, I think with all the teams here in the city, we've just been, you know. Trying to just you know be a good neighbor, uh, we haven't really had any discussions with any of them, um, and that would you know loop the Texans in on that one as well. And I think that's pretty true for most of the teams in those markets. Is that it's there's no right now there's just no you know just no, and I'm like, I don't say no relationship in a in a bad way. It's just that I think both teams are just trying to get themselves going and get this product moving, and that has that just hasn't been a focus for them right now. Do you sell this to the players as maybe a gateway to the NFL or just it's it's a standalone league? It's a standalone league, and I think that that's how the players are approaching it. I think that they are approaching it like it's a standalone league, and I want to succeed in this league. And I think that that's where I think that's where their their focus is right now. And, and I, I noticed that the, the three tiers of the pay scale is a is a big deal. Well, these guys are going to get compensated for as little as sixty thousand dollars for one season. That was, that's the tier three guys, right? I mean, I mean, did I get yeah, it right? I think you know, but I think I always say, like, I put this in context too, where I feel like, um, and look, I, not not to delve into the to the salary discussion, but I think that with with regards to how the length of time that's in, um, you know, I think that it's probably, I think it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a good situation for them, um, and so I think that's, you know, I think that's a, um, I think that's one. I want. I know you got to get out of here, and I, I would certainly appreciate you joining us. Um, the what you have thousands of folks listening. A lot of barbershops. A lot. The fellas are listening. Uh, we have folks of all walks of life listening to you right now. What do you say uh, to those folks to to really convince them to buy into Houston's new organization? I say, you know, I think they're going to see some incredible football at a very uh, affordable price. I think we're going to we're going to present a first class product, one that the city is going to be proud of. And I think when they come out and see that fan experience, look, my my goal and my number one goal is to get a, you know, I'm I know the avid fans are going to come out. They want to watch football. I want to get all the fans to come out. I want to get. I'm I'm most excited about getting that fan to come out for the first time. The young kid, uh, a person who hasn't 
who hasn't been to a pro football yes. game putting that fan experience in front of them and they walk out of there and they remember that, right? I remember my first pro football game. I remember my pro sports. What was your first football pro football game? First pro football game was 1976. I was five years old. My dad took me over to St. Louis to watch the St. Louis Cardinals. Terry Metcalf. Preseason game against the Chicago Bears. I saw one number 34 out of Jackson State play uh, and uh, I was, that was it. I was hooked. I was a Chicago Bears fan from then on and uh, you know, I remember that. I I remember my first NBA game was a few years later in Indianapolis. Uh, where I saw the Pacers play uh, the 76ers, and uh, never forget that one as well. I was, you know, I got to see Dr. J, uh, and I became a Pacers fan as well. And, and you know, just what, how that impacts a five or a seven or eight year old kid, you know, like I said, like I'm, I'm 49 years old now. I remember these, I remember walking into that stadium, I remember walking into Market Square Arena, I remember all those things, and I can't wait to have that experience first I, I want to hear one day hear a young person talk about the first time they walked into TDCU stadium went to a roughnecks game and just all the all the things that they sights the sounds the smell all of it that they that they loved and so that's what's exciting to me is that we've got we're about to in about a month we're going to be bringing that to a number of fans here in Houston and that hopefully we you know that we we put up a good product that they enjoy and they have that same you know they have that same experience that I had where I remember it for years to come. So will, it, will the, the fans have access to the players? Will the players be out and about? Because I know a lot, yeah, that's a big so thing. We are, you know, we're, fans above all has been our mantra. We are looking to be much more accessible. Um, you know, we are, you know, our, our motto also has been for the love of football. And I think what we want is to make sure that those fans, you know, we had a uh, open house a couple weeks ago. The players came out, they interacted with the fans. We've been doing a lot of meet and greets with the players. And so we're going to have all, you know, we're going to continue to push that. And so, yeah, during the season, you're going to see us out in the community. Like I said, if we can't, if you know, I, I said on my first press conference, if we had to be indispensable to the community, and I said that ten years earlier with the Vipers, and I meant it because I said, you know, if we don't, if we don't show up for the community, then we can't expect them, we can't expect their support. It's got to be reciprocal. So we have to be there for the community. What do you, what do you love most about H Town? I mean, you say you got to Texas as quickly <laughs> as you can. I mean, what, what, because you know, I, this, this is why I ask a question like that because. We want before we invest emotionally. I want to know that you are one of us. You, you are our guy. You know what I mean. I look. I love. Look, I love this city. I, you know, I think that the great things I love about H Town. I love how wonderful the people are how open how friendly they are i love the fact that i can get i think three of my favorite food groups here tex-mex grill barbecue <laughs> where else in the, where else in the united states That's can right. you get can you get the confluence Absolutely. of the three best right, right. You, get, you know look we ain't we ain't gonna be skinny in this town right <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you know so that's that's the that's the big thing for me like you know and i just like i said i just love it it's just, we we have great look southern hospitality we are um, we are really, I think when people come down here, that's why they stay. We're a warm, friendly city yeah. where people can, you know, we got so many different groups of people down here and everybody, um, you know, genuinely, I think, you know, and when you get to Houston, you see how much people care about each other. And that's to me, well, I just love the city. I love it. You know, and I love the weather too. Well, hey, well, we certainly, uh, you know, one, one thing that you can take with you, just off the top of my head, I'm a native Houstonian. So I know that. First-time teams in this city have won a lot of championships right out the gate. Think about this. The Oilers in 1661. 
the WNBA, the Dynamo, when they came from San Jose, they yeah. won three or yep. four in a row. Yep. Yep. Who yep. am I miss? The Gamblers yep. didn't win a championship, but they yeah. were really good. Look, 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 um, all the teams here have, have. I mean, we we have a lot. You know, as a Houston sports history, we have a lot to live up to, right? I mean, we do. We from from the AFL to you know, we have a lot to uh, to to look you know, to to look up to. And every team in the city, you know, and the Houstonians expect a lot of their teams as well, and they, as they should. You know, they expect quality, so we're going to give it to them. You know, and look, like I'm I'm one for one uh, from league championships as a team president. Come so on, I'm man. like I like I'm we hoping to win a record. Yeah, I'm hoping to extend that streak. I got to yes, extend sir. that streak. So yes. well, hey, well, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we want to have you back. Can oh, we? Can when we win the title, you're gonna. You gonna oh, come course. back? Yeah, of course. And and of, and of course, and we wish you guys nothing but success. And we want to make sure that our folks get a chance to know that you guys care about uh, about them, about the community, and you uh, you want to reach out to all Houstonians. We, Absolutely, that, that is. If we like I said, if we do not do that, uh, we will fail this city. And so my goal is like we we were we continue to look. It's a process of building that trust brick by brick. It's going you know it, it's it's not something that's done overnight. But we're up for the task, and we're going to do it. Hey, well, thanks so much. That is. Brian Michael Cooper of the Houston Roughnecks. Going to take a time out. Come back. Want to thank Mr. Cooper for the conversation. Had a great time talking to him. That was about um, maybe three weeks ago on a KTSU Sports Talk. And you might have heard Chili Bill in the background. Kevin Allen was in the building as well. But I hope the league succeeds. And I'm not going to be cynical. I'm going to be excited about this because I think the NFL needs not competition because the XFL is not trying to compete with the NFL. They say that they are a standalone league. I'd like to see the uh, opportunities for guys to have an outlet because there are a lot of great athletes that don't get an opportunity for a lot of different reasons to be in the NFL. And it's uh, we've seen this before from the NFL where they will borrow ideas from the AFL, from the USFL to a lesser degree, and from the first iteration of the XFL uh, with some of the things that they like to do. And it's just it's good to see someone else's vision of what professional football can be. Am I for the gimmicks? I can tell you right off. I'm not excited about a lot of that because I don't, as a football purist, I don't need the game speeded up. I save, I spend 11 hours a week on Sundays watching the NFL. I don't look at the game and say, oh, it's too long. I, I don't have that problem, but I'm also of a different generation than uh, the younger demographics. So I have a little bit more patience. I can watch an entire game. But obviously, all these sports are trending towards trying to get over in two hours, two and a half hours in some cases. Baseball has been fighting this battle for years. I think that's a huge mistake. I think that they can play to their strengths in other ways. But everybody wants the family dollar. They know how short the American attention span is. So they want to get you in and out. So we'll see how some of these things, if the pacing picks up. I don't know. We'll see how I feel about it. And I want to see how you guys feel about it. You can call the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Sports Line at 832-941-661. Four. Now, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the athlete player entity that we deem the big dummy of the podcast. And this time out, uh, you know, it's all-star. The NBA all-star break is near. And the NBA all-star weekend and all of that stuff, 
it's fertile breeding ground for a lot of Lamont. And it's no different here. I mean, even before we get started, the selection committee and the selection process is taking place, and we know who our all-stars are. Well, one guy that didn't make it was NBA player Jackson Hayes. Now, Jackson Hayes is young, and he's stupid. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't want to talk about this man like this. I don't want to make it personal. If I was his uncle or his father figure, if I was his stepdaddy, I would tell him, yo, what you're doing is stupid. So essentially he goes on Twitter, which he, uh, or Instagram, I don't know what form. I saw it on Twitter. It may have been Instagram and, or maybe, I don't know how he did it, but it, it appeared on YouTube as well. It's all over the place. So essentially he says, yeah, I'm disappointed. I should have made it, but uh, it's BS. <laughs> the NBA can perform a sexual act on me. That's essentially what he said. I, I, I started to play the clip, but I mean, it's, it was just so stupid. It's something that will haunt him for years to come. And so he doesn't understand the long game in this situation. While your feelings may be hurt that you didn't make the NBA All-Star game, and that's debatable whether you should have made it or not. I didn't even take the time to invest into breaking down his statistics. And and, and I can. It's no I can it's not a problem. But I, I'm not hearing a lot from people who are in the NBA and around the NBA every single night saying, whoa, he got jobbed. You hear that about Bradley Bill and a couple other guys, but not Jackson Hayes. So Jackson Hayes, to go in and says the NBA can perform a sexual act on me. It's all political, and I don't play the political game. Well, clearly you don't, because what you did was stupid. What you did was went on in on a league where you'd had an opportunity to keep your image clean. You can go down there for NBA All-Star Weekend and make a bunch of money just doing sponsorships and sponsorship activities. You can go down there and get paid and enhance your image. Political game? No, it's the money game. And I'm not saying you got to kiss up to anybody. If you feel like you deserve it, it's fine to say you deserve it. But to say that it's a bunch of BS and the NBA is can do this, that, or the other to you is stupid, ridiculous, and costly. It's going to cost you money and in the long term, you're painting yourself into a corner. We see this all the time. Antonio Brown today is uh, trying to apologize to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's cost himself millions of dollars, and he's out of the NBA right now. So if you want to go in on the NBA, they're not as, as vindictive a league as, uh, as the NFL is. But you don't need to do that. You're costing yourself some money and you're costing yourself future opportunities to play an all-star game because people in the know, people in control will make you work a little bit harder subconsciously or otherwise. So for you to say the vile things you said about the NBA, just because you are uh, what a, not a, a gen wire or whatever this, uh, whatever this generation is called, because you feel like you should get a, a cupcake and a Capri Sun. Hey, man, everybody doesn't win. This is the NBA. Everybody doesn't win. But because you're in your feelings and you are all caught up because you didn't make the All-Star team, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Hey, before I let go, I want to thank you guys for 150 episodes. We want to do a thousand more. No, not a thousand. If I'm doing a thousand more, I'm getting paid. 
I'm getting really, really paid. But I want to continue to do so. Thank you for your support. I have uh, a lot of things coming up. So you definitely want to find out about those by going to wadeswordproductions.com and, of course, subscribing to the email list so you can be a part of the email list. With that in mind, also on social media, at wadesword, at Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, and group on Facebook. So you can do all of those things. And the sports line is what? 832-941-6614. Want to thank Brian Michael Cooper. Want to thank DJ Anarchy. And of course, want to thank Cobank Holmes and our wonderful listeners, all of you. Getting out of here. But until next time, as always, have a great day. DJ